Hello, this is David, and we're back for show number 26. And this episode is dedicated to women and the issues they face when it comes to financial planning and planning for retirement. This is a two-part series. I know you'll get a lot of good content out of it. Thank you for listening. We are honored to have you here. Welcome to the Excel in Retirement Show. My name is David Treese, and I am a financial advisor with Clients Excel in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We work with clients all over, and we would love to connect with you, our listeners. As a token of appreciation for listening, we'd like to mail you a gift to say thank you for listening. You may email us your name and address at connect at clientsexcel.com. Connect at clientsexcel.com. I always enjoy speaking with you, our listeners, also, so you can reach out to me by calling 864-618-4800. Well, today is a special day because our podcast is entirely focused on women. This is a two-part series. Next week, we'll wrap this up, but this is all focused on women and the issues that they face in planning for retirement and their financial planning needs. So a quick stat to start us out. Did you know that 90% of all women will eventually be solely in charge of their household finances? To me, this is very exciting because I try to empower women all around me when it comes to their financial planning needs. Unfortunately, though, this can be scary for some. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because based on a recent survey, it was found that only 20% of women feel very well prepared to make wise financial decisions. If 90% of women are going to be solely in charge of their finances, wouldn't you agree that you need to be 100% prepared to make financial decisions? I recently heard this story. It was a story of a nice retired couple, and they had their finances like many people do. Their names are Craig and Dolores, and Craig controlled all the finances for their household, and Dolores didn't seem too interested in the financial planning, and so she just let Craig do it all. She knew Craig would always take care of things. He was dependable like that. Even in his 70s, when Craig was diagnosed with congestive heart failure, Dolores still wasn't involved. But thank goodness, even after his diagnosis, Craig lived a very long life, but he eventually did pass away, and Dolores was a widow. Now she was forced to find out about her finances and to dig in to figure out what was going on. But little did she know that Craig, when he took his pension, he had chosen for single life. That meant that when he passed away, his pension was gone, and she was left with, with, with a reduced standard of living. They had very little savings and were dependent on that pension, and they had a little bit of life insurance. She was going to be forced at that point to live off of her Social Security check alone. Today, almost 20 years later, Dolores is still living at the amazing age of 91, 
but she's on Medicaid at this point. If she would have gotten involved and been a little bit more proactive in their financial planning with an advisor, maybe she would have been able to express her concerns or to figure out what would happen once Craig passed away. It isn't uncommon for us to encounter a couple like this where the man has been the sole person in charge of all the finances, but this can lead to all kinds of unforeseen problems if and when the husband makes the decisions not planning for what will likely be his death prior to his wife's. Think of this. What happens if he was the primary or even the sole breadwinner? What happens to the financial reality of his wife at that point when he passes away? And if she hasn't been involved in making those decisions, that can add to a tumultuous situation. We have seen scenarios where the women are left without the financial resources she needs to be able to maintain her lifestyle. I'm not saying women have to control all the household finances, but what I am saying is you have to be involved. You have to make sure your voice is being heard. It is completely okay if you're married and you have different investment philosophies than your spouse. Women are typically more conservative investors than men are. That's just the reality. What you need to make sure of, though, is that your advisor that you're working with hears your voice and your husband's voice. They have to listen to concerns from both of you because on average, women live at least five years longer than men in most cases. Make sure both of your lifetimes are being planned for. And so that begs the question, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Sometimes when I ask my clients what kind of lifestyle they want to live when they retire, they restrict themselves. They truly do not know the possibilities. If there's one thing I want you to take away today, it's the importance of having a written plan so you know those possibilities. Explore it. Understand it. Do not let your own fears keep you from living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Financial planning is often more important for women than it is men for the simple fact that females tend to live longer. And ladies, here's a sobering statistic. The reality is 80% of men die married and 80% of women die single. If you share your finances with your spouse, you need to start talking. This way you'll know if you share the same goals and dreams and aspirations for the future, as well as whether you're on track to meet those goals. Also remember that disagreements are bound to happen. They happen, but good communication is the key to working through those disagreements and getting you back on track financially as a couple. Now, a couple tips if you're married. This might be worth jotting down. Make sure you have an income plan in place that is designed to hope for the best but plans for the worst. So you want an all-weather financial plan, one that's good when times are good and the markets are good and one that's good when the markets are down. Make sure you and your spouse are open and honest with each other and your advisor about your comfort level with the risk in your portfolio. The last thing you want if you're a conservative investor is to have your portfolio exposed to too much risk. And then we go through a market correction like we had earlier this year and you have a 20 or 30% drop. Number three, make sure you both know what your final wishes are. I'm not an attorney, 
but we help folks with their estate planning and help them set them on the right track for figuring out what they need to be doing there. I know it's not always fun to talk about, but make sure you both have an understanding about the legacy you both want to leave. This can be very important. You want to know if your trust or your wills and your powers of attorney are up to date and everything is good there. That's worth reviewing. Number four, Make sure all of your beneficiaries are set up correctly. Not only primary beneficiaries, but also your contingent beneficiaries. Having contingent beneficiaries on your accounts may enable your accounts to bypass probate. If they're not set up with contingent beneficiaries, it can necessitate having to go through probate, which could delay uh, the recipient from getting that money, and you could incur more costs. That's something you want to speak to your attorney about. Number five, make sure you have someone to do a social security analysis on you so you can see how you can both maximize your social securities with your overall retirement income strategy. Now, this will become extremely important when one spouse passes away and you lose that social security payment. Let me ask you a silly question. Are men and women the same? If you're a lady, you can tell some ways that men are different from women, when it, especially when it comes to financial planning. Planning. Women worry more about money, typically, and women tend to be more conservative than men when it comes to investing. Women tend to be more emotional about their money also, and men are more likely to die sooner, and women tend to avoid conflict when it comes to planning. That was from the Brave BraveTheWorld.com. That was where that research comes from there and those, uh, those, those keys. I go through this not to bash men, but to prove the point that women are different from men. And it's okay. If we look at the stats, we know that women tend to live longer. Like I mentioned earlier, 90% of women will eventually be solely in charge of their household finances. What you have to be sure of, though, is that your voice is being heard. Make sure it's heard by your significant other and your financial advisor. When I meet with a couple that is married, I always require that both be there when we're making planning decisions. Those decisions affect both people, and it's important that both people understand their plan and are comfortable with it. In addition to some of those things I mentioned, if you're married, I want to stress that every woman needs a pot of money to call her own. Now, this is very important. I know some people may have uh, conflicting views on this, but this is important. Nobody wants to get divorced. Nobody wants to lose a, a spouse. But the reality is, is this can happen. We see it time and time again. So while you're married, make sure in addition to your joint financial accounts you may have, you should consider keeping some financial accounts in your name only. Also, make sure you maintain your individual credit history. You can do this by holding a credit card or a personal loan that's just issued to you individually. You may have heard a story like this before. She was a stay-at-home mom. She was heavily involved with the kids, taking them to soccer practice and church and school and volunteering at a, at a local charity. Her husband always took care of the finances for the family. And unfortunately, she found herself in a situation where divorce could not be avoided. As soon as they froze the assets, she found herself with no bank accounts, no money, no credit cards. She herself was financially frozen. Her credit score was so bad because she had nothing in her name, and she was unable to get a credit card even. But thankfully, she was able to overcome this situation. But it's very important to maintain your individual credit history. 
Not many people plan for divorce, and not many people want to think of it as a possibility, but it never hurts to hope for the best, but plan for the worst. We have encountered women who find themselves in the middle of a divorce without access to any of the assets because they were not in her name. This is why it's so important to maintain individual credit history. Nobody likes to think about having to take on new responsibilities, but it's important to know where things are. Keep your financial records accessible and easy to gather when you need them. This could include your brokerage accounts, your insurance policies, any kind of retirement plan statements, tax returns, and other important documents. Keep a record of who owns each account and be sure to notify the person responsible for handling your estate where all these documents are. So if there's somebody that you're leaving this money to, it's important to to educate them about where those account statements are and, and where they're at so they don't struggle with that. You know, one, one way that this might be really applicable and easy to keep up with is just scan. Each time you get an account statement in the mail, take your phone out and you can scan it, save it to your computer, and you've got it there all categorized and organized. I find that's a lot easier to keep up with than all these loose papers and then folders and so forth. And we can just have it on a uh, backed up on a disk and so forth. And so that might be a, a good way to do it. But you want to be sure that your, your uh, executor of your estate or your will knows where all those documents are. A couple years ago, I had received a call from a woman. And for privacy vo uh, purposes, I'll call her Ann for this story. And I had never spoken to Ann before, but when she called up, I could just hear the panic in her voice. Six weeks prior... Her husband had been at work and he just randomly passed out on the job site. They immediately had rushed him to the hospital and started doing all kinds of tests on him. And uh, she had told me how she was so terrified when she arrived at the hospital and saw all the machines hooked up to him and all the cords and wires and so forth. That was the love of her life. He did everything for their family. They did get him awake and she was able to talk to him and uh, figure out and tell him what happened. But they, they, they were thinking they were out of the woods until a doctor walked into the, to the room and, and he had a very sober look on his face. The doctor explained, though, that the husband had a large tumor on his brain. She said she really wasn't sure what the doctor had said next because she couldn't even hear him anymore. There was nothing they could do at this point. Fast forward just five short weeks and her husband had passed away. Friends, I have to tell you, though, Anne is a brave woman. She not only lost her best friend within a five-week period of time, she lost the provider of her family, the husband, the father of her kids, but Anne pulled as many of those statements that they had been getting together, and she walked into my office and just dropped them on my desk. That's where we started her journey to become financially confident and in control. That's what we want to do. We want to help you become financially confident and in control. We have a couple of clients who have us, uh, who have had their spouses that have passed away and they need help picking up the financial pieces and putting those pieces back together. These are women who have lost the loves of their life, their husband, the father of children, and uh, been providing for their family all these years, just kind of doing it all. Usually when they visit our office for the first time, it's them bringing many statements to us, and they're oftentimes unorganized and so forth. And that's where we start their journey. We want every one of you listening, whether you're married, divorced, widowed, single, 
We want you to feel financially empowered. I'm going to give you some tips now and some ideas that will hopefully help you feel that way. I want you to wake up every morning, and the biggest worry in your retirement is whether you're going to go to yoga that morning or whether you're going to go out with, to coffee with your friends or, or maybe what you're going to be planting in the garden that year. Today, I'm going to show you on this podcast some strategies that I go through with my widow clients, and then next week, we're going to expand on it to help you get back on track financially. Don't worry. We can always sit down with you and address these, whether it be by phone or Zoom or in person. We love to meet with folks in person, but we understand in this uh, new world of COVID and so forth, we're, we're taking clients on virtually, and that's what we're doing all over. We're taking clients on from all over, from uh, great distances from our office. And so we'd be happy to meet with you by Zoom. And uh, you can go to excelinretirement.com, and that will give you access to my calendar. And from there, you can schedule a time to meet. What I would ask, though, is, uh, is, is, is that when we sit down, we, we want you to have an open mind. We want you to get to a point where you can be 100% empowered in the plan that you have. So whatever your future holds, that you know you'll be okay. One of the primary concerns in retirement is income. If you do not currently have a written income plan, I would recommend you, you make that a priority. Why? Because when it comes to retirement, the cash flow or retirement income streams that you have coming in every single month represents your lifestyle choices. So a couple, uh, a reduced income can be a detriment to the type of lifestyle you live in retirement. If you have an uncertain income, you'll likely have an uncertain lifestyle as well. So we spend a great deal of time and effort helping our clients create strategies designed to help them protect those income sources so they feel confident in the income they'll be generating in their retirement. So let's take a look before we, uh, before we end this show here today. Let's take a look at one part of what we do. It's called the three-legged stool of retirement income planning, or more appropriately, more appropriately now called the three-legged stool that was. Now, this is how many of our parents or grandparents retired. When our parents retired, many of them had a pension. For some of them, they received a standard pension for life. It was pretty vanilla. It was assurance that they'd receive a level income check for each month as long as they lived. For others, when they received, uh, they, they may have received a stepped-up cost-of-living adjustment pension that kept up with inflation raising their income payments every year by a certain amount, depending on the uh, CPI. Talk about the Cadillac pension. That was it, a, a, an income and a pension that goes up over time. Now, some of our parents might have had a life-only pension that only paid out for their lifetimes, and some may have had spousal benefits that continue paying out 100% of the full benefits as long as either the spouse was alive, if, if the spouse was alive. Joint life is what that's commonly called. Going back to our illustrations, and her husband was still working, had he not selected any type of pension option, what we would have found is his pension did not pay out at the event of his death because they had never sat down with a financial advisor that specialized in retirement planning. They had not read the fine print and been creating an alternative plan. We always hope for the best, but plan for the worst. The next tip you might have Social Security. Now, how long were your pensions designed to last? For life, right? 
and how long does Social Security? It's intended to be there for the rest of your life, right? It was designed to provide a portion of your income through retirement. And then many people have savings they've accrued as a third leg of their retirement income stool. And this was made up of actual savings accounts and 401ks or after-tax accounts that they've built up over time. Now, the idea was they, they have two legs of the stool, and they were considered predictable sources of income. So you have a pension, Social Security, and then your personal savings, or your, or your 401k, or IRA, or, or so forth. And so the pension leg and the Social Security leg, uh, that was the responsibility of, uh, that, of, the, of the government, and then your, uh, your employment. And then you, had, you were responsible for the individual part of that, your savings. But how has that changed over time? That has changed drastically, and the, the scope for how we plan for retirement has changed drastically. Next week, we're going to get deeper down into this and give some actionable steps for women and give some tips for what they should look for in a financial advisor. When a woman is picking out a financial advisor, some practical steps they should look for. It's going to be a good show. I appreciate you being here for show 26 of the Excel and Retirement Show. It's always an honor to record this and to share this with you. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, you can call me at 864-618-4800 or you can email us at connect at clientsexcel.com. And we look forward to seeing you next week. I hope you have a great week. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Clients Excel are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Any reference to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the insuring carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet particular needs of an individual situation. Clients Excel is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Clients Excel. The use of logos and or trademarks of podcast hosting sites are the property of their respective owners and are not an endorsement by those owners of our firm or our program.